Welcome to episode 113 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Hey, guys. It is Monday night, July 20th. A mere two days after we recorded our last episode. It's that we quick turnaround. We are a podcast machine. We are the cogs of an expensive Swiss watch rolling through all kinds of comic news for you, the McSauce fans. Tonight we're going to talk about post-convergence, post-secret wars, comic book stuff. We're going to talk about what we've been reading over the last couple months, a couple new books that recently came out, and we're going to shit all over Marvel and DC's upcoming plans for their line of books in the next couple years. But before we get to the shitting, Ian, tell us about housekeeping. Before we get to the shitting, grab some toilet paper, kids. You're going to need it. Um, As you know, because you're big fans of what we do here, you can find all of the McSauce products at McSauce.com. You can find the strips, the reviews to the comic books that we know and love there, as well as the podcast on Wednesdays. And hey, sometimes we do it twice a week. Sometimes we call an emergency podcast on a Saturday night and we just, you know, give you some more content because we love our fans so much. You can find that podcast on iTunes. You can go to iTunes.com and find it there because I checked. If you wanted to go the hard way. But the easiest way is to just download it through the iTunes store. You can stream us through Stitcher. I've been using Stitcher a lot lately because the iTunes store has been fucking up. I don't know what's going on. But you can stream our latest, I think, six episodes through Stitcher. You can also do the same thing if you go to Podomatic.com. And you can find all the classic episodes at syndicate.com. And if you'd like, send us a like. Go to facebook.com forward slash McSauce and you can find the fan page. You can like us. You can communicate with us and uh, check out some of the posts that we have there. We update not just from the things from McSauce.com but also any kind of comic book news or movie or TV news that we think that you guys would like. So go to the Facebook page and help us out. And while you're on Facebook, you're always on Facebook, check out the Gearbox Union, our good friends at Gearbox Union. They have a Facebook page, they have a podcast, they have a website, gearboxunion.com. You can check out all of the things that they're doing there. They are in a heated podcast battle with us. If you listen to this week's episode, they were extremely excited with themselves. They were taking first place in our podcast race. Well, guess what? By the time that (laughs) you hear this, we will have jumped ahead of them because of our podcast dedication. And I think this is going to be the last time we're ever going to be tied or behind the Gearbox Union. They still haven't come clean with what the rules of these, this podcast racer is going to be, like what they want us to do. They said that they wanted us to do some things, but you have to win before you have people do things on their show. Before you can make people complete the stakes. They suggested that we podcast blindfolded, 
Which, you know, that'd be funny, but I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna do that. They also wanted us to feature one of their stars of their show on our show. I would be glad to. So maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that even after we crush them into the <laughs> ground. Who knows? But go and check out our good friends at uh, GearboxUnion.com. We're, so, we're so humble here at the McSauce Podcast. We certainly are. So over the last few weeks, we've done a lot of all the Comic-Con movie news that came out. We did Ant-Man Saturday. But we've neglected where all of this... All this media comes from. It comes from comic books. Isn't that right, Matt? The cradle of entertainment. Comic books. <laughs> You're not wrong by saying that. Trademark. So, I just came up with that just now. Come on, Ian. It's not Get it together. Fault. These iPad cases are so dumb because they only have three hinges on them now, whereas they had four before. So it wrapped neatly around itself, and it was a much... Um, a more compact, uh, sturdier, sturdier um, stand. I'm still not getting used to the new form. Sorry, everybody out there. Well, that's because Apple keeps like thinking less is more constantly. So, oh, let's have less hinges on it because that'll be better. Wrong. Wrong again, Apple. Creating podcast thumps since 2013. So there's been. All kinds of news that came out over San Diego weekend about the directions Marvel and DC are going in. All the other smaller publishers under the big two seem to be going going strong, holding the course, not making any rash decisions, trying to upset the line. Uh, But Marvel and DC feel the need to flip everything over, and I feel like they're trying to give everybody everything that they want but that's impossible. It's like you hear these movie directors and actors all the time say things like, you know what, you can't really focus on one aspect of a character because if you do that, you're, you know, you, you can't be concerned with pleasing everybody. You need to just focus on one thing and do that thing and, you know, let the pieces fall as they may. And that doesn't seem to be what Marvel or DC are doing right now. They want everybody they want something for everyone and i think it's becoming a detriment to both lines that they're making some really severe decisions i don't know if it's bad that they're trying to diversify in in the sense that they want to have a a larger breadth of comics and earlier ian Ian said which ones who's who's worse marvel or dc and i was going to say i think it's marvel because i like that dc is attempting to diversify right in the in the sense of having a wider range of different kinds of comic books as opposed to diversifying ethnically by changing races of characters and like star lord uh, oh fill us in there what what's going on oh, with the new bendis written guardians of the galaxy which features a female star lord you licked it you're always licking things. Yeah. I, I didn't want to... It was dripping down the side. I didn't want to lose I it. I think you licked your thumb, too. <laughs> I, 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 I think you licked your lick forearm. All right. Uh, I, I think you licked things. your elbow. On I, the, I, I think you licked the table. I licked things. Back off. Uh, I haven't read the details of it. The new Star-Lord is a girl, and the thing's on the team. I thought we were... I thought comics in general were happy with the movie team. I thought when... 
all-new Marvel premiered. It was all right. It's Drax, Groot, Rocket, Star-Lord, Gamora. That's your team. We're going with it. But now, I don't know where Peter Quill is. Yeah, it's like you can't even have a team for a year before you abandon it. And, and it's not even like the Peter Quill that we got in the movie was anything really like the one that you like, Paul, from the comic books. Well, actually, and then they went he back. Was, he was. It was the one. Thematically, he was. Yeah, except he has blonde hair now. But the, his u- his uniform, the way he looked, oh, was complete well, a complete yeah. departure. And then they changed it in the comic books, whereas the version that's in Secret Wars is the one taken straight out of the movies. Right. I don't know why they would do that. Everybody likes that version of Star Lord. Who are we doing this for? Yeah, it looks like um, Gamora's out, Peter Quill's out. In are the Thing, a female. Wearing Star Lord's outfit and Venom. Dum da dum dum. <laughs> That's retarded. So, uh, and I, I don't know. I haven't been reading Guardians. Uh, I was a big fan of the Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning run. But when Bendis took over, I felt all the characters had the same voice. Everyone was quippy and witty. Everyone was making '80s music and TV references. Even someone like Rocket Raccoon, who's a fucking alien from outer space and shouldn't know what fucking Cagney and Lacey is. So I, I bailed on that, and I haven't been reading it since. So. Is Brian Michael Bendis much different than Kevin Smith, if you think about it? Everybody is hilarious. Everyone always has a quick quip comeback or whatever. A lot of pop culture references constantly by all characters involved. Isn't that I guess something in that, that sense? Isn't that something that we like though? T- to a degree, I do like for my characters to feel like they're their own people. I think it works for the Kevin Smith movies for the Viewsk universe because that's its own contained universe, like. I listened to the latest Hollywood Babylon today, and Ralph Garman says something like, Kevin, they ought to get you to write. I know you don't want to direct, but you ought to at least write. And Kevin Smith was like, well, if I did that, everyone would sound the same, and no one would be happy with that. And I was like, well, that's very, you know, it's very forthcoming of you. But, like, in the in the View of Skew universe, everyone, everyone's quippy, everyone sounds the same, but it works in that <coughs> setting. But Original creations from him, not established characters that you've heard have different voices through right and when and coming off of coming off of a run that was so expertly written like the abnett landing stuff and then going into the the bendis era it's so fucking jarring have either of you guys read anything from bendis maybe within the last three four five years that you've liked I liked the original all-new X-Men when they brought back the 1960s versions of the X-Men. I liked that for probably the uh, first arc. I was thinking the, the new X-Men by Grant Morrison, but no, I was confusing that with the all-new X-Men. I said all-new. You did say all-new, not just regular new. All it new. was all-new. Marvel should be shot in the head. As opposed to this current run, which is all-new, all-different. Yeah, for, that makes for me these sick. ridiculous, um, I I don't know what these are called. Like the the little taglines, all new, new, um, 
all different. Um, what was the... Oh, there's Marvel Now, and then there was... Um, That's what I was thinking. All new Marvel. All new Marvel Now. When Bendis' Guardians relaunched, it was Marvel Now. Oh, okay. I oh. can't keep them straight, because they keep using the same four words Marvel. for all their different It's reasons. a big word scramble I, in the old is, bullpen, and they just switch it around a little bit. Is there one one culprit we can point to specifically that's responsible for the current state of, of this absurdity? No, would isn't it, be, it? Would it the, be the, the editor-in-chief? Would it be Axel Alonso? Would it be the architects, the main writers of the Marvel or, titles? Or is it the fans that are eating this shit up like it is like gourmet dinner but all they're really getting is dog food i want to be like <laughs> silly <laughs> silly silly comic book fan captain condescension on the scene clearly you've never read a good marvel comic because you haven't read anything that predates the last 10 years but believe it or not there was good shit you know when <clears throat> but captain i like my all new spider-man but i like my captain america to be the falcon and i like my spider-man to be miles morales and i like my thor to be a woman yeah. and i like my guardians of the galaxy to be the thing in venom like miles morales is one thing but at least he's his own character Dr. Octopus Spider-Man is the most offensive thing I can so think much. of. There's so much to pick from. So, early 2000s, early mid-2000s is when the architects were in their prime. Because back then, I wasn't reading a lot of Marvel, but I f a lot of it felt like it was pretty good, and that's when it was Brubaker and Bendis... Fraction. Um, Jason Aaron. Was Jason Aaron involved in that? He not might really. not have been no, a architect. No. He is now, but well, they were like he was on Ghost Rider. I feel like they the were day. the self-appointed architects, and it felt very pompous when I would read the architects of Marvel. But at the time, everything really seemed to be working. I wasn't buying it, but <laughs> but I'm. Generally not a Marvel guy, but everything seemed to be okay. But now, even from an outsider's standpoint, I look at a lot of these covers and new titles, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening over there? It looks like it's chaos. It feels like a threefold problem. The title naming that we just went over, that's very convoluted and murky and lazy. The actual writing that's going on is stale it's the same kind of thing um I, I think a little bit of some of the uh, how we felt about bendis in the late 90s early 2000s the, a little bit of that went a long way but now that he's featured on almost every marvel book it's it's stretched thin Let's it's re it's reached its max out point and then the fact that they're currently in the middle of Secret Wars, which is rehashing all the greatest hits of the past several eras of Marvel comic books, that's not... That's the opposite of all new, all different. That's the same thing that you did back in the 70s and 80s and 90s, just repackaged. It's you're regifting stories and ideas to your fans, 
And it's not and, really fair. And if we really wanted to fucking read that, why wouldn't we just go back and read the original stories that are guaranteed to be better anyways? One thing that they're doing with some of those... I'm sorry to interrupt, oh, but sorry. if Terminator Genesis... I apologize. If Terminator Genesis taught us anything, it's that don't retell me the same story because it will always have been better the first time. One new, thing that... New oh, stories. One thing that Marvel is doing is putting the same a similar style artist on those books so e for extinction which is the grant morrison uh frank quietly version of that story they put an artist on there to ape that style to mimic it same thing with the days of future past it's a similar 80s feeling style are you upset by that it just it's stupid not it's not as good it's just not as good you mean like it's it's not as good as Quitley's original artwork. Right, and it also is... It's sort of insulting, too. I get that they're trying to stay in that era and that style. I, I get all that. It's just not as... It's not as good a version of it as I would like. But that's probably an entire package. It's the story, the writer, the different artist. Like, I'm sure if Frank Quitley drew this book... You wouldn't immediately do a 180 and be like, this is great, this is an awesome idea. It would probably still have a lot of downfalls, except it would have a pretty good art, if that's the kind of thing you're into, Frank Whitley. <laughs> I think I've mentioned this to you before. I feel like Kiera Knightley looks like the living embodiment of a Frank Whitley drawing. She's ugly but pretty? She's super pretty, I, I love her, but... She's got like kind of like mush nose and high lips and it's just kind of like smooch face. She looks like Frank Quitley artwork stepped off the page. Kind of. Except she's way less wrinkly. I'm trying Frank to think Whitley of a wrinkly, wrinkly dude to put her with so we can have that movie. Well, there's also there's also someone that I see on a fairly regular basis and every time I see him, someone famous, I can't think of who it is, but um, they always look just like Gary Frank artwork. And I'm like, this guy stepped right out of a fucking Gary Frank book, but I can't think who it is. I think it was uh, Christopher Reeve. I, I was going to say Keanu Reeves, but that's not right. <laughs> so, um... He now, is uh, out of a Rob Liefeld I'm, book. I'm looking at the upcoming Marvel lineup, and I, I'm seeing several things <laughs> that uh, make me want to throw up all over oh, my boy. keyboard. Um, the first one I want to address is... The, and I touched on it already, but is the insane mandate by Marvel uh, corporate that we must diversify our comic books. And and it's like, they're not even just doing it and... Do, you okay there? Yeah, something's up there. I see that. Uh, it's... They're, <laughs> they're not just, like, changing the race of characters and just being done with it and not even, like, advertising it. Like, they are proud of themselves for having the gumption, the balls, the 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 cojones. The cojones to to take a beloved character, clearly a racist character for being white, and change the race to either black or Latino or a woman or a lesbian Those or fucking women. Or whatever. The point is 
it's completely unnecessary and it's being shoved down our throats constantly. So I was looking at these solicitations. So we have the first one that they show, well not the first one, but the first Spider-Man one that they show is uh, Spider-Man number one and it says here, Miles Morales stars in the main Spider title of the main Marvel Universe. So like they want us to know that their new flagship spider character, the half black, half Latino character is now your Spider-Man who you are going to love and you're gonna like it. Moving down, we have Spider-Man 2099, the first time they tried to diversify Spider-Man in the, in the early to mid 90s, they created a Latino version of Spider-Man. And here's what it says here. Um, while Miles is the first black character to be Spider-Man, Miguel O'Hara is the first Latino character to claim the name. That's the little write-up that they put for this Spider-Man title to entice me to buy it. Not, let's revisit classic Spider-Man from the 1990s. You all loved him. <clears throat> focus, this is Tell a big focus on, okay. this is all about his race. Exactly. Paul. Did a little research while you guys were talking. Apparently, at some point during Bendis' Guardians run, Peter Quill and Kitty Pride started a romance. So, the new female Star Lord is Star Lady Kitty Pride. That's fantastic. So, I, I don't know why they're hell bent on, on, on making sure that we know that these characters are of a diverse background. They can't just Because they have be... to tell us because you can't see Spider-Man's face. Who cares? It's irrelevant anyway. It's irrelevant. I don't like that they've changed who Spider-Man is. I don't care. Well, I wouldn't be happy if they suddenly made him black one day like the movie um, Soul Man or whatever. Remember that movie, Ian? With Iron Man in it? Was Iron Man in it? Isn't Robert Downey Jr.? Soul Man in that? No, yeah. Soul Man is a different character, a uh, different actor. Um, Paul, research. So uh, I, I just, I don't understand the mentality. Like, like that's more important than telling me what the story is about. The fact that, you know, we got a black Spider-Man, but this here, this is our first real diverse Spider-Man. He's Latino. It's what? just, it's not a focus on the stories, the characters, the the what's happening in these books what's cool about them it's is that a pregnant fucking what is going on there we haven't gotten there thunder Mm. when he was the black guy in tropic thunder what's soul man tell me soul man is the c thomas howell 80s movie okay maybe i'm thinking he's trying to get into a school or something and the only way he could do it is if he's black so he like I don't know if he took pills or whatever. This is what happened black. to me. I think I mixed Heart and Soul with Tropic Thunder. No, Soul Man is, is kind isn't of Heart like and Soul one the, the one where Robert Downey Jr. dies or something like that. I think that's what I got fucked up on. I'm sorry. You ever see just one of the guys? Yeah. Soul great, Man great is boobs in in, that. instead of a chick becoming a dude, it's a white guy becoming a black guy. Same story. It's pretty tough. That so that's a pregnant Spider Woman. So moving down. So we have. Oh, boy. We Diversity, have, folks. We have Spider-Woman. Marvel's really going for it. I didn't know some of this. So, uh, you know what? I, I may need to apologize here. The, the, the write-up that I just read to you, I don't think that was like a Marvel solicitation. I think that was from the website that 
Cite the website. Polygon. I think it's Polygon. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it looked like it was part of like the kind of the write up. But so anyway, Marvel's really trying to push its diversity. They're they are bending over backwards. To a fault. And they're not focusing on the right things, which are why we love these characters, who these characters at their core are and always have been, and the actual stories. Like, who, who are they fighting? What's cool about this story? What's going to draw me in as a reader? They're not doing any of that. Well, I mean, the biggest uh, offense of all is what they've done to Spider-Man and how they've kind of relegated him to some kind of weird globe-trotting, uh, high-tech, billionaire... Iron Man-like character, uh, all in the name of pushing Miles Morales as the new Spider-Man. Like, well, we can't, you know, we just killed Peter Parker a couple of years ago. We can't do that again. So let's just kind of make him completely different because we really want Miles to be the guy. Like, I can't blame Miles for this because they fucked Peter Parker and killed him and made him a villain and did all of that and, and divorced him. They've done horrible things to him before Miles Morales showed up. So, Do you think this was part of the grand scheme to they, break down Peter Parker and his fans so that by the time we get Miles Morales, we're like, at least this guy has the lifestyle that the old Peter Parker had? That's that's a really... That's the, that's, the long, yeah. that's the long... That's the long game. game. I don't think so, but I think somebody hates Peter Parker. Well, it's, and it's the fans well, it's that read Spider-Man. I guess it is because these books... Did I just see you lick that bottle again? <laughs> you are a cereal licker. I don't want it running... I don't want the drip running down the side. Now, Ian, when you pour out of a bottle, do you lick Ian the... Ian leaves rip? like an eighth of an inch of beer at the bottom of every bottle. It's no good by that time. Fuck it. You drink it. It's not you good. commit to that bottle. So, you guys, you've seen the list of the upcoming Marvel solicitations, the, the post-Secret Wars stuff. Is there anything that this company is coming out with that excites you? No, I saw uh, Marvel released like free catalog of yeah, I got all that. the new... I meant to bring all new, that all different books <laughs> that are coming out, and I all flirt. diverse, all new, all different, all diverse. That should be their new tag. That will be their next. You know, tag. I, I flip, I flip through it, and you know, I've been, re you know, I've, I've been a big fan of Guardians, old Guardians. I really liked the latest Nova, the Jerry Dugan written Nova. Great fucking run mm -hmm. on a book, really cool. I didn't think I was gonna like the change from Sam Alexander. Uh, from Richard Ryder, but really good book. I really liked it. That's over now. Um, right now, it's going to be like the father son team of Sam Alexander and his dad as father and son Nova. And today, I, I don't know who's writing, but I'm just not. I'm just not interested in that. But that was the only thing that was going to possibly pull me in. I'm always up for trying a new Spider-Man, but I want I want Peter Parker. But Peter Parker isn't. Globetrotting millionaire, you know, with a light-up suit and owner of Parker Industries. I suppose I should give the Miles Morales Spider-Man a try since it is written. It's written and drawn by the team that created him. 
Have you read any of that original stuff? I haven't stuff? read any Miles you should, Morales. You should probably go back and read that stuff first before you give this new stuff a try. I, I don't know. The new stuff takes place in the real Marvel U. Ultimate Marvel was kind of dumb. So. You liked Ultimate Marvel, though. Right up until they killed Peter Parker, and then uh, I quit. Ultimate I didn't even, Marvel. What was, it was Ultimatum afterwards, right? Like, they killed Peter, and then they went into Ultimatum? No, I mean, there were years in between Ultimatum where they killed a whole host of different Ultimate versions and the death of Spider-Man. There might have been four years in between those two events. See, I only got the Ultimate Spider-Man trades, and the last trade I have is when, like... Peter drowns or something, and he goes missing, and that's it. And he's, he's dead at the end. I would say, check out Miles Morales in his original form. It, it's a good story. I enjoyed it, and it has the weight of the death of Peter Parker, and that's the important connecting tissue between those two characters. So check that out. I will likely check out Spider-Man number one. Um... And it's funny because I can already see, you know, the architects at Marvel telling us people really must love Miles Morales more than Peter Parker because his book outsold The Amazing Spider-Man 2 to 1. It's like, well, look what you did to Peter Parker. Like, nobody wants to read that fucking Peter Parker. Peter and Parker's I, been neutered for 10 years almost. Yeah, it's, it's a travesty. It's, it's the biggest travesty I've ever fucking seen in comic writing um there's like nothing that that infuriates me more than what has happened to spider-man in comics but um so and so you either have to pick brian michael bendis writing spider-man which has he's proven to do well in the past even if in more recent years his stuff isn't that good or you have Dan Slott, who has never proven to write a quality comic book. I don't think in his career. Somehow but he's But we're still... in the minority, in that opinion. Well, yeah, but Marvel likes the, mi the minority, so they should love my opinion. Maybe things are turning around. Marvel Marvel's... loving minorities. Marvel knows that he doesn't write Spider-Man good, but they leave him on there so that the Miles Morales book is better. I, would... I think that I really believe that there is an agenda. I'd like to... I'd just like... Anybody else to write Spider-Man at this point? No Bendis, no Slot. Absolutely, someone He's else. Been, Marvel, I feel like Slot's been on it too long with middling results mm -hmm. to still be on it. Right. I but Spider-Man way about Robert Venditti on fucking Green Lantern, and they keep giving him Green Lantern books though. So it hasn't been that long, has it? Uh, 2011. Yeah. Since New Fifty Two kicked off. Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, I'm going to check out, because Sarah Pacelli is drawing it, and she's an amazing yeah. artist. She is amazing. So. She's one of my favorite. If you ever want to see the original Peter Parker, 616, Spider-Man, team up with Miles Morales, Bendis and Pacelli do Spider-Man yeah. a couple years ago. Sixth yeah, story. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of that. Great story. Really, really really emotional when the grown-up Peter Parker goes and visits Gwen Stacy and Aunt May in the Ultimate Universe. I mean, like, really a really an emotional moment. Like, I, I really loved it. So, anybody out there that wants to read a really great comic book with Spider-Man, Spider-Man. You know, that I, was I, so earnest. I want to make fun of you so bad. I know you do. But I, I can't. I, respect, I love this dude. I respect your review of that and, and, and I know that you're very passionate about it. And I have a feeling I would 
kind of like it too. But I hate alternate universes so bad that like I'm torn because I feel like while the story might be good, it's still an alternate universe and it's like in the back of my head and it's just kind of like always there. It's kind of like a Sunday. It's why you can't enjoy a Sunday. It's always because it's an alternate universe. No, no, because you always have it in the back of your head. I gotta fucking work tomorrow, so there's always that little thing back there that's preventing you from truly enjoying something nice. But anyway, the only other comic book that Marvel's gonna put out. No, I'm sorry, I, I lied. There's two other comic books that I'm interested in. So, of Marvel's entire reboot, there's three I'm interested in. Spider-Man, the least interested. Then the second least, or the the second most, depending on if you're a glasses Let's be half positive. kind of guy. The second most, the old man Logan, uh, which I couldn't have cared less about. Isn't it? It's Lemire and Sorrentino, until right? Until I saw who's writing it. The old I vampire team. Well, at least Sorrentino was on High Vampire. I forget who wrote that from the start. <laughs> yeah, not Jeff Lemire, right? No, because it would have no. been good if Lemire wrote it. Oh, how oh, dare you? It was good. High Vampire was entertaining. James Tinney in the fourth. Oh, that uh, guy. Picked up from the original writer at some point. Mm. And then it went kind of wonky, but yeah, to start, High Vampire was fucking good. Man, I hated it. So, Old Man Logan, written by Jeff Lemire. Uh, drawn by Andrea Sorrentino, um, very uh, Jay Lee ish. Yeah, kind very. Of style. Yeah, really good comparison. Um, not my favorite artist, uh, but you know when I see Old Man Logan, I want to see um, Steve McNiven draw him because he was the guy that kind of created him. While I think the entire concept of telling an ongoing title with Old Man Logan is completely unnecessary again much like Terminator Genesis I think it could be good because Lemire is that good of a writer but let's face it Old Man Logan was a one and done story there was one specific story that was going to be told with this character it was supposed to be the last Wolverine story right like the Dark Knight Returns was supposed to be the last Batman story so when that came out that's what who was the writer on Old Man Logan? Mark Millar. That's what Millar kept saying, that it was the last Wolverine story. So I guess it isn't. No, do, of course it's not. Do we want to see that movie? Because they're, they've been hinting at that. It it's, would be a fucking awesome movie. If they could pull it off, but, I mean, they that story covers so much Marvel ground. When you read Old Man Logan in terms of making a movie out of it, it's just fucking dollar signs. It the would budget be, for that is through the fucking roof. You would have six hulks. You know, you know who should fucking make it is George Miller of oh um, fuck of uh, Mad Max, and awesome. it would be amazing. But you would also have to wait till Marvel cut that deal with Fox so that they could feature versions of the Red Skull, some kind of Spider-Man stuff, Fantastic Four. Other Avengers, the Hulks, cross it all over so that it can take the whole world because that's part of what was fun was to see who was left, who was dead. Could you imagine in the very beginning of the show, you'll maybe have a narrator, the beginning of the movie, you'd have a narrator and you'd see the map and like kind of like what they did in Lord of the Rings and they showed like how it was like broken up and you would see it broken into the different like sections the way the country's been divided it would be, be so, so fun man it would be, be awesome and you know what it wouldn't feel like your typical marvel movie would it 
But, I think it would even be a lot of fun to get Jeremy Renner to be oh Hawkeye, yeah to get, be blind Hawkeye. Right. Get Jeremy Renner in there. Get uh, Hugh Jackman to to be Wolverine. Was Kingpin in that, or what? Did he just have a section or something like that? Because you I could feel get like a, he just had a section. I don't. I honestly don't remember. Seeing him. Like you could roll Vincent D'Onofrio right. in there. Like that would be so much fun to connect everything together well, like that. Part of the reason there is an Old Man Logan book is because they killed Wolverine recently, right? Right. And that's why. And so there's no Wolverine in six one six, and now X twenty three is the new Wolverine because everyone needs to be a girl these days. But this is a way to keep telling original Wolverine stories by doing the Old Man Logan run. Different universe, different Wolverine. But we still get a Wolverine, and you get your girl Wolverine. Different universe. I guess it's just future Wolverine. Same universe, but from the future. Okay. Because who knows? Because Secret Wars are not over yet. Right. We don't know how battle battle world in all the different battle worlds are going to like end up, and who's going to make it out. So who's been enjoying the main Secret Wars book? I haven't read any of it. You guys can spoil the shit out of it because the more I read about it the less I like. Um, but hey, real quick, before you get to that, I want to mention the, the other book I'm Correct. looking forward to. And this one, legit, I'm excited about. Um, let me just find it before I start talking about it. Uh, it's uh, Daredevil, with Charles Soule writing it and Ron Garney illustrating it. I don't think Ron Garney has ever drawn Daredevil. I could be wrong, but I don't think he has. But, you know, based on the cover, it looks like a natural fit. You know, Ron Garney has drawn Captain America, which, you know, kind of a similar costume. That was a really good fit. Uh, His Silver Surfer, I still regard as one of the best. Um, And now Daredevil. Daredevil looks really good. He was on Spider-Man for a time, too. And he he was really good on there as well. Yeah, too bad the stories weren't all that great. It was wrapped up in... um, Civil War. Civil War at that point, yeah. and it was also the the Iron Spider, so he didn't get a chance to yeah. really draw. Yeah, put him in the black suit for a little bit, mm-hmm. but and that was cool. Yeah, but that cover looks really awesome. Is that a Ron Garney cover? It's a Ron Garney cover. It's really it awesome. It looks like he has a sidekick. Um, I think. What happened to that Alpha guy? Spider Man was supposed to have a sidekick of. They just write him out. They wrote they wrote him out. But what what didn't we think that he was going to be the new Spider Man yeah, or something? But he, but was, he blonde was blonde and white and not gay, so sorry, <laughs> son. But like scrolling through every other one of these comic books that they're coming out with, I just shake my head and groan. I mean it's like horrible. Horrible. Nothing looks good. Yeah, there's not a lot the of good house of ideas. It's like really? Not a lot of good coming down the pike. But currently, Secret Wars has been extremely entertaining. I'm not a big Jonathan Hickman fan. I do like Isad Rabik, although he has been criticized much on the internet for his duck faces and surprise yeah, faces. Yeah, he really does. He gets crushed he for those. Really but does. Everything, he should get crushed for those. They are very they pull silly. you right out of the story because they are super cartoony and a realistic story. As much as Battle World can be a realistic story. But I do like the universe that they've created. The Doctor Doom character is 
thought of as God and he's pulled together as the universe dies. He's pulled together different parts of the, you know, different familiar parts of the Marvel universe from different eras and assembled it into this battle world and he rules it as its God. I'm, I enjoy the, the title proper. It, it's a pretty interesting world. It's different than what I thought it was going to be, which was just from the description of Battle World, it, sound, it sounded like those different eras were just going to fight each other and you were going to see who won. But they're all little contained kind of separate things and they, they do uh, weave a, an interesting world around it. The Thors are kind of like the police force of that world. It sort of reminds me of what the Green Lantern Corps does for Marvel. Yeah, for DC. Or for DC, sorry. There's a, there's a wall around certain areas that keep the, the Marvel zombie universe out. There's an island, sort of like DC's Themyscira, where all the female heroes reside and they protect that island. So there's a lot of cool, interesting stuff that happens well, in Secret Wars. I've been reading Secret, War, Secret Wars, and I really like it. I also read DC's Convergence, which was garbage. And they both center on some main event causing all the different storylines from the publisher's past all meet in the same place and at the end everything gets doled out in a brand new way which is why more miles morales will be in the 616 but what secret wars is doing right that convergence didn't is that secret wars is, is centering it around all of the characters you are familiar with you know dr doom you know sue storm you know dr strange you know who Reed Thor Richards. is, even though you're not seeing the main Thor. We don't know what happened to him. The Earth crew that makes it is Black Panther, Reed Richards, Spider-Man, Miles in Morales, there. Yeah. Um, you know Captain Marvel, Peter Quill, Star Lord. It's characters we know. So, as a comic fan, you're already invested in these mainstream Marvel characters. Where DC went wrong was that it's about the Earth Two Flash. And Green Lantern and their Black Superman Val Orr, and no, who, no one knows who these fucking characters are. Who the fuck gives a shit? It's halfway through the fucking story before you see the pre-Flashpoint Superman, and then you're like, oh shit! But he has such a small role, you don't fucking care. In the DC universe, it feels like you were plopped in. Where in the Marvel universe, it feels like it has been fleshed out for years. The first issue of Secret Wars was really good. Because they show you the universe is breaking down. There's been you know some kind of meeting between six one six and what's the other one called one six one six? I think so. Where the universes are colliding and the ultimate universe is like they're warring with each other because they're both trying to save their own universes. And then this you know this big bang happens. Reed Richards and Black Panther and some other minds of the 616 create this what they call the raft that's supposed to withstand this big event. And it does, but then it disappears. So when issue 2 picks up, Doctor Doom has built this world, he's a god of this world, and there's all these different things, but he's in control of it all. And you don't know what happened to Reed Richards and Black Panther. This and world has heroes. been... This world has been going on for some time as well, so you're not it's not fresh to all the characters in the world. They're not reacting like, oh my god, what just happened? And it's crazy, which is stupid. And as insane 
is all of the things we've just said sounds. Secret Wars makes total sense. Like, you read it, and you get it. It's completely digestible, it's completely understandable, and aside from Asada Rebeek's surprise and duck faces... Everything else he draws is really fucking great, fucking except cool, for that it, surprise face. Secret Wars has been really cool. Matt, I, I think you ought to check it out. Maybe. I don't know. I, you were putting me to sleep. Well, and like, it's not you. It doesn't sound good. It's it sounds insane, but the way it's written and drawn, the way the story flows together, it makes total sense. I thumbed through Ian's copy of it on his iPad, the latest issue, number four, I think. That's right. Um, <clears throat> okay, artwork. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's serviceable. Um, it just it it didn't captivate me like I. I'm sick and tired of being burned by Marvel, and I refuse to let them get me yet again. You know, I read, um, oh gosh, uh, House of M. I read, well, Civil War was actually pretty good, except for that <laughs> joke of an ending. Uh, Secret but, Invasion. Oh, I hated that. Did you? I did. I liked Secret Invasion. I thought it was really good. I really hated Siege. I didn't read Siege. Siege was only four issues, and it was crap. Um, what came after Siege? There's one Dark every year. Something. Dark Rain came after Secret Invasion, and I think I was out after Dark Rain because I was at that point. It was too many heroes fighting heroes. And that's kind of like Dark Rain kind of started like, well, these are villains, but everybody thinks they're heroes. Can't we just have villains and heroes and they fight each other? No. And not a, not in the Marvel Universe. Um, there's just so much that, that you can only read these stories that ultimately feel like they have no real consequences and there's no... There's no real drama. Well, I feel like through that whole run of Marvel's event after event after event, like, each event was just a setup for the next event. Yeah. Hey, that sounds like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I can't say anything about that, or else I'll just be pegged as a hater and an East vs. West DC guy. No, I was agreeing with you. Are you saying the fans are me? Me? You can say that. I can't say that. So, it, I just, I, I would rather spend my time reading something else. Well, Matt, then why don't we, we talked about Marvel. Yeah. Why don't we shift it over? You are Image Matt. No, I think I might re, rechristen you Valiant Image Matt. Well, well, don't you want to talk about DC? Why don't we leave that for the end of the podcast? Okay, all right. We'll sandwich. Uh, we'll sandwich the good comics in between the 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 stale bread that is Marvel and the moldy fucking bun that is DC. It's your comic sandwich, and and a little bit of image as your topping. You like you want some yeah, image little, with little, that? Yeah, like, yes, little, please. Can I have extra image? Little image spread. So, Matt, um, what have you been reading? What do you like? Boy, I have been reading some Valiant comics, and they are good. They're written by Jeff Lemire. Uh, I read the 
so far the first four issues of Bloodshot Reborn, which rolled right out of the Valiant, the four issue series that we all read. Did you finish? I didn't read it. No, you lent me it. I still have it. Have you read any of them yet? I haven't read any of them. All right. So when you get around to it, um, high praise looks great. Love the creators. I just need to read it. It's um, it's a quick read too. I think, and that's one of the things I like about Lemire's style is you just read a comic book with Jeff Lemire. It, it doesn't feel like it's getting bogged down. It, it, it lets the story naturally happen, and it kind of like takes you along with it as opposed to like, here's all the backstory that you need to know. Um, it Basically, it's like an instruction manual, like a lot of um, current day, a lot of current day... Uh, comics from the big two unfortunately but uh, with these Valiant books especially the Lemire stuff you just get in and you fucking go and so the Bloodshot Reborn is about uh, the character Bloodshot at the end of the Valiant well I don't want to spoil it but he has a a, a life changing event that happens to him new job? Um, well yeah and he got insurance so there's a couple that's, things. That's a that's life-changing big. event. Yeah. Dental included. Get those teeth fix some. That's right. It's important. So uh, this picks up right after it, and and he's kind of um, living a solitary life, and he's kind of down and out, and hasn't really found his place, um, and and he's depressed because he still has these like memories of who he was when he was like bloodshot and working for the government as like a pawn for them because he was basically brainwashed. But he remembers all of this horrible stuff that he did, all the people that he killed and the atrocities and everything, and it's driving him crazy. So he turns to drugs actually, which I found pretty cool. Like he was actually snorting cocaine, right? Or was it just Oxycontin? Because at one point they call it Coke, but I think he was just crushing up Oxycontin pills and snorting them. But he was literally snorting lines of it, and he was seeing things. And It's like, wow, this is a damaged character. This is interesting. And um, suddenly he starts seeing like these, these copycats show up all over the country. Um, and people that look like he used to look like and doing horrible things not like he used to do but like movie theater massacres and mall shootings and and suddenly he's like they look like me i gotta go stop this so he then goes on the hunt and he's still dealing with his inner demons and everything holy shit is it good it is god did i love it incredible artwork who's the artist on this paul I'll tell you who. It's tell me who. Mikos, uh, why what, don't you tell what me who a, it is? What a dick maneuver for those of you at home. There's no way that Paul would know. He didn't have the book in front of him. Miko Swayan? Swayan. Miko Swayan. Here, let me read it. I'll read it. You yeah. said it wrong. It was Micro... Is it Micro? Do you like this artwork, Matt? Oh, yeah, don't you? Nope. Um, it's hyper detailed. It is. It's super detailed. It's just. It's a little. It's a little too gritty. It's a little too gritty for me. It's gritty. I like a cleaner that, product. But it, it's what clean. Bloodshot is, isn't he a dirt down and dirty? It's gritty, but it's guy. clean, and the colors are are they're darker. I, I don't want to say they're really that. Yeah, I guess they're kind of muted, but it 
it's just a gorgeous book. Um, the coloring is so atmospheric. Um, it's they've introduced a, a really interesting character um, called um, oh crap, what's her name? Uh, she had like a really weird last name, like Fountain or Fontaine or something. Um, We'll, we'll come back to her name, but, um, oh, Festival, that's her name, Agent Festival, who's like this 23-year-old FBI agent who's on the trail of bloodshot. She knows that he's connected to these killings of people that kind of look like him, and, uh, you know, he, she, like, is, is, um, 20, a 23-year-old savant, and she can kind of, like, see things, and she has all these hunches so she seems like a pretty cool new character for the storyline um i was bummed when i was done reading it i was like oh i wish there was more i want i just want to read more of this it's so good so then i started reading valiant just came out with um their big crossover event of the summer called the book of death a uh, four issue series which is a direct sequel to the um the Valiant, uh, which I can't really talk about because I don't want to spoil it for Ian, but it it picks up shortly after The Valiant ended. Here's the problem with that book. It's co-written by Robert Venditti, who is currently taking a big shit and flushing it down the Green Lantern toilet. Well, okay, so right now um, they're one for one on this book. Good writing. It, well, see, you say they're one for one, but you also like Bloodshot Reborn, which I do not like, based right. on what I read coming out of The Valiant. Which Because I, I thought The Valiant was awesome. So fucking good. It, it was. Um, I'm really, really surprised that you, like, that you straight up didn't like Bloodshot Reborn. I, I feel like, give it another issue. He's not going to like it. I'm not a big fan of the artwork in Bloodshot Reborn, yeah. but... In the Valiant, Bloodshot is is written as a character like you know what whatever is going on, I'm gonna deal with it. I can handle this. I can take care of it. And then in Bloodshot Reborn, you get a totally different character who's like, oh, I can't handle anything. I'm having all these visions. I can't deal with any of this anymore. Ugh. Isn't that just the progression of the events that happen to a character, and then logically? You would be shaken by that, and maybe you'll get back to that, but you have to go through some shit first. Right. And this may have... This may just have to do with who I think Bloodshot is, because I've never read Bloodshot until I got to The Valiant. Maybe in his regular book since he was created, he's been a guy that can't handle what he's doing. No, no, no. I think Lemire brought a, a new layer to the character that, that never existed before. Um, I don't... Like, I want to offer a rebuttal to what you said, but I don't want to spoil anything, um, because... I, I read The Valley, and I know what happens to him at the end. Right. So, like, I get where they're going with it. Yeah, I don't understand why you feel there's such a disconnect. It, it seems very natural. It's not the kind of character I want to read. The, the bloodshot that I want to read, right, that but... was the bloodshot in The Valiant, finishes The Valiant with those consequences... And he's like, fuck it. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to make it. I'm not going to I'm not gonna have to resort to 
figments of the imagination drawn by Jeff Lemire running around my Paul daily life. Like, like mix like Batmite or Mr. Mixius Piddlet. That's what's going on or in Blood Spider Ham. It's fucking wacky. And that's not the bloodshot that, that I liked. Paul doesn't like weakness or um in his or 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 a weak spot in his characters. He likes them I, to always no, have I like a weakness. strong no. constitution. I like I like weakness, but I like it when it's a character like Hal Jordan who just fucking buries that. But shit. that's a see, but that's, that's the op- and just pushes it aside. And but just dude, keeps, that's the opposite of weakness. Going. Pushing it, going. pushing it down. That's like that's not. Um, he deals with it. He gets over it. He deals with it. Bloodshot is not dealing with it. And Bloodshot reborn. He is, um, but when we first see him, he's not. Because he doesn't know who he is yet. Vulnerability, that's what you don't you know like what I really in your characters. Liked? I like Ninjak a lot. That Ninjak first issue cool. in Ninjak, I loved, but I'm so back on it, I haven't been able to get issues like two through five to catch up. I think Bloodshot is going to get back to the character that you think he was but there's a progression to it because of what happened to him at the end of the Valiant that's all but um, I don't know I'm, I'm maybe I should know better but I, I just I feel really surprised that, that you think that it was lousy um, because I think it was amazing it wasn't lousy I think it's an interesting book and uh, but it's just not the book that I want to read. And on top of the who the character is, like just that style of artwork, that dirty, gritty, hyper-realistic art, I'm just... I feel like the description that you're it. giving it, and I apologize for the way that S came out, that I feel like... I didn't hear a weird S. Okay, so I feel like the description you're giving the art, for people listening, they're going to think, oh, it must look like an Alex Maleev, dirty and gritty. No, 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 nothing like that. No, Alex Maleev is like a stylized kind of thing like this is just realistic but it's really dark it's a lot of blacks it is a lot of blacks but it's not overly dark I mean it's a well it's a dark story this is this is I bet this isn't good radio so um, a comic book that I read that that is not dark at all is uh, Archie Comics relaunch of Archie. Archie number one, written by Mark Wade, drawn by Fiona Staples. Um, I adored this comic book. I can't wait to read the next one. I thought it was uh, a fantastic issue. There are hints of, uh, I'm gonna kind of spoil it, um, but it's Archie, so just deal with it. in the beginning, Archie has... Probably 70-year-olds listening to the show. <laughs> Archie has just broken up with Betty, and all the friends are trying to get Betty and Archie back together because, well, damn it, they belong together, Archie and, and Betty. Like Brian and Crystal. Um, I don't know what that means, but... Uh, Neither of them listen. It doesn't matter. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, this, like this, that. These are people that we know. <laughs> that's a, that's that a hot one, buddy. <laughs> so anyway... Um, it it's it's telling the story of um, 
the breakup, but then there are like little hints of Veronica about to move into town because her because she should because she's the fucking hot one. Her rich dad. They're talking about him uh, moving in, and if you know, like her dad's like this billionaire or millionaire, whatever he is. Um, he's moving into uh, Riverdale. Um, so it's just a matter of time until we see Veronica. I just like those little hints um, that they didn't like introduce everyone in the first issue. But like, aren't there only four good... of them? Uh, Is it a six-issue run? I thought this was ongoing. It's an ongoing. But this creative team is probably oh, only no. going to stay on for a trade. Why do you say that? Well, because A, Fiona Staples is on Saga, and there's no way that she can keep up the schedule for both of these books. Well, Saga doesn't come out on a regular basis. It's on hiatus right now, but it's more regular yeah, than... Saga, com- Saga than, comes out on a regular basis, and then but, they take a break. It's and, more like and, a TV series. And currently, they're on a break for right. like maybe a month, maybe two, mm-hmm. where she could jam out six issues of this yeah. Archie. But I don't think she's going to be on this book forever. Uh, or longer than her, her artwork is so good in this Archie comic um, it's it was uh, Paul if you didn't like Bloodshot because it was too dark then read Archie because it's bright and colorful and really nice to hey, look at I love Fiona Staples art that's one of the things one of the many reasons I love Saga but, but her art is so specific to how she does things when I flip through this Archie book tonight I kept expecting to see Saga characters in it because it is such a Fiona Staples book. And Matt, you're shaking your head, but if you read Saga, if you've I've been read reading it. Saga I, consistently for 30 issues, seeing this same artwork, you would look at this and be like, oh shit, Marco or Alana should be in here. I, I agree with Paul. And that's not, At the dance, there should be some horn dude and like a little... Kind of teddy bear character with goose, <laughs> the little otter guy. I read. Yeah, and that's not, I'm not talking shit on the artwork. She's phenomenal. That's one of the that's one of the reasons I want to start getting that book is because I love her art so much. But I'm so used to seeing her on Saga because that's all I've ever seen her on. Is Saga. Yeah, yeah. I, I expect those weird. I expect Prince Robot the Fourth to show up in River. That'd be amazing. I wish he was in the background somewhere. <laughs> well, if, if I had to suffer through your review of Bloodshot Reborn after one issue, then you can like listen to my ramblings about <laughs> Saga after a couple. In fairness, he's not shitting on this. He's just no, saying. No, I'm that. not. No, he shit on Bloodshot though. Oh yeah, I didn't. I, well, I didn't. I didn't Did like it. I don't think I shit on it. Or was it like I mean, a? It wasn't was it like a fart? He was like, I didn't like it. There was some kind of. Um, Anal excretion. Anal excretion on... Be it air or solid material. So anyway... One if by air... What, <laughs> two if by C. What, what I would say about the, the artwork in Archie is that... Um, you know, you're... You have, like, a, a specific vision of what this style of artwork should... Like, the content should be. It should be Saga. But for me... I have a specific vision of what Archie looks like normally. And when I see it done in a more contemporary, like, more, I don't know, a more contemporary comic book illustration. For 2015. Way, right. It's like, oh my god, like, this is what Archie looks like in real comics and not just stuff for kids. And, um, you know, it's got, like, all these, like, iconic characters that are done in a brand new way. Like, 
you know, n nothing against Saga, but Saga isn't like as iconic as Archie. So like seeing Archie look like the way that he does, like a real kid, or seeing Jughead as goofy as he's always looked with that nose and everything and the crown, and seeing him done in a like maybe a more realistic manner. I just like I got such a thrill out of that. I thought it was so cool. Is it so cool because Archie has almost never not looked like Archie? Yeah, absolutely. Like this is the first time that we are seeing it's, it updated in yeah. what fifty years or yeah, something th like that. This feels like a legitimate, legitimate leap forward into the twenty first century. If I had to pick somebody, Fiona Staples is a great person to bring Archie into this generation for people to fall in love with this character. Matt, I don't want I don't want you to be so sensitive about my opinion of this book. I am a huge Fiona Staples fan. Oh, I get it. She could draw Ian fucking my mother and I would buy that commission because that artwork would be so good. I'm just If I said anything, it would be disrespectful. I've just spent nearly 30 issues with her on Saga and right. nothing else. Right. That when I see this it reminds me of the only work I've ever seen her do. My question is, what has she done besides Saga? Where where did she come from? Because when I started buying Saga, that was the first thing that I ever saw her on. And I've never gone back through her history to find she anything worked, else. She's Canadian. She worked on a book called North 40. Also, Deviate, Gods and Monsters, and Thunder Agents. I think Fiona Staples needs to team up with the other uh, Canadian Jeff Lemire, and then we'd really have something magical. Eh? Eh? So anyway, um, so I talked about some comic books that are actually really good that, that I'm reading, um, and now we can go back and talk about... See, the, the this other is you shitting on it. Maybe he has something positive to say. About DC Comics? Let's have it. Oh, don't put that on me. Well, we're throwing it over to you because you're the DC guy. Well, so DC wrapped to... up Convergence, and they've kind of not relaunched their titles, but kind of relaunched their titles. I wanted to give a shout-out for Captain Canuck, which was a free comic day book this year. It's basically, He's essentially <laughs> Captain America I'm sorry, wait, for Canada. Free comic day book? Is that what I said? Yeah, it is what you said. I wasn't jumping on you. You did say free comic day. Um, well, I was thinking about last episode when I asked Dom something and Wait, totally, how... totally yoded the sentence. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were you did some how feel you. <laughs> so, free comic book day. Dom and I were at the shop and we're looking at all the free books and both of us see Captain Canuck. And that was before I showed up to Free Comic Book Day, and you guys had already left. And I went into our comic book store, and I was like, "Hey, my guys!" And they're like, "Yeah, they were here earlier and left without you." And I was like, "That's cool." Yeah, we couldn't be bothered. My but friends. I, I think it was it. I think it was May second, May second or ninth this year. And uh, you know, Dom and I saw Captain Canuck, and we kind of looked at each other like, oh, "I think we're get that." So then we got it, and we both loved it, and it's it's essentially Captain America for Canada, but it was really good. I didn't expect too much. I figured I'd you know flip through it, and eh, whatever, it's a comic book. But I really liked it, and I've been waiting for the second issue, and it hasn't come out yet. 
I can't tell you who the artist or the writer are because they're obscure Canadian talents, but it was a really cool book that set up a new status quo from this character. Captain Cook's been around since the 40s, and he's been in a bunch of different incarnations since then. He even had a web series which co-starred Tatiana Maslany from, from Orphan, Black Orphan Black and Laura Vandervoort, who was Supergirl and Smallville. So Captain Canuck's been around. I've been waiting for number two. I'm, I'm excited to get number two because number one was so good. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're at right now, where I'm excited about Chapter House Publishers comic books that I don't want a DC comic or a Marvel comic I'm waiting for Chapter House to release the next issue of Captain Canuck because it's more exciting than most things DC is publishing isn't it isn't it nice to have the freedom to say that to feel that way that you can let yourself be excited about other properties and companies talk glowingly about Valiant have Image Comics as some of your favorite books. Isn't that good? Yeah. Does it mean we're, we're growing up? That's all. I don't feel like a burden has been lifted. Like I'm finally unchained from the dungeons of DC. I, feel, not, I feel that way. You feel unchained from the dungeons of Marvel? And DC. Well, they're... Because I feel like... I feel like a lot of comic book fans in general are loving what Marvel's doing. I feel like everyone shits on DC, but everyone's loving what Marvel's doing, and it's the greatest thing ever. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, Mm-mm, no, it's not that good. But there are comic books out there that do make me feel like it's the greatest thing ever. You know, there are current brand new alternatives that are that good, for real. Not just, that's what we're being told on the internet, and the dumbass fanboys at comic book stores that need to have their Heads uh, examined. Does anybody listen to those com- those comic book store fanboys? Because I know I don't. They, they never have. listen to each other. But you know, people people do listen to the bullshit on the internet. That's how you get like the you know the mob mentalities that the Marvel zombie uh, you know army. Of, of blind loyalty like I, I swear to god they like Dan Slott could do whatever he wants because let's face it he has done whatever he wants to Spider-Man and yet the fans are like this is really fucking good this is good Spider-Man no it's not Junior I would like I would like to take a legitimate poll of I would just like to sit at the comic shop one day and Mark, who's buying the Spider-Man book, and get a legit response from them, and put my own poll together. Because I can't, I can't imagine. I'd like to do that like, oh, too. Fuck, this is really good. I can't wait. I'd to like to get a real barometer on what people buy and why they like it. Because I, I would, I would be willing to bet a lot of people would still be buying this stuff. And this, like, not just Spider-Man being a questionable book, but any questionable book questionable book at this point that people are just buying it out of habit or because they keep waiting for it to get better oh one more issue oh i'll give one more issue it's totally out of habit it's out of weird loyalty it's out of an ocd thing because i think we've talked about it before 
As comic book collectors, buyers, collect, we're collectors, we keep our shit, we don't throw our comics away, so we're collectors. As comic book collectors, we have at least some mild form of OCD. Paul has a pretty substantial case of it. The way he's licking those bottles like every time, even when he doesn't need I to. didn't do it this last time. You probably Are you did. you sure? Because of peer pressure. I didn't. But I wanted to. Um... So there's like an OCD. It's like, well, I gotta keep buying it. I wanna finish the series, you know, at least until they rebooted it number one next month. I think that's a legit thing. There's also something when you talk about comic book fans and the fact that we read stories that are never gonna end. When you talk to people that just read traditional novels, and that's pretty much all they read, they talk to you as a comic book fan as if you're a insane person. Because you're like, well, of course the story's never going to end. It's going to go on forever. Well, don't you want it to end at some point? Like, a lot of people want that. The, a lot of people feel that that is something that stops them from buying comic books or going to the comic book store. You know, Ian, I've never thought of it like that. Like, comic I, books never end. I've never... They, they never end. They just keep going. Well, I guess they, they kind of do, but... In my mind, they never end. Spider-Man ended like a decade ago. But it did. Yeah, end Green Lantern up. ended in 2011. It ended for you, but right. the story of Spider-Man hit will never end, and the story of the Avengers and the story of Green Lantern and Superman will never end. It will just become a more perverted version <laughs> of the thing that we fell in love with whenever we fell in love with it. Well, are we reaching that age, and not like? physical age but the age of we've been around comics for so long we've been reading comics for so long that we are we are the old crotchety comic guys that you know instead of accepting a Barry Allen like the golden age comic fans had to do or a Kyle Rayner which the bronze age fans had to do or silver age fans had to do like are we now, we're like, fuck this, I can't believe you're putting fucking Superman in his t-shirt again. I'm out. I think that we might be different than some of the other generations before us because we have stuck with comics through all these different generations, whereas the Golden Age people weren't reading Silver Age. And, and as it went through, you didn't stick with these characters for... 20 years, 30 years, like a lot of the comic book fans in our age group. But but they did. I mean, if, if you were a Golden Age comic book fan, you still kept reading. You know, maybe you didn't like Barry Allen. You were still holding on to Jay Garrick and hope, hoping Jay Garrick was going to make a comeback. But and he never you, did. Barry Allen about it, took were, over. But think about it, were you? Because if you're a Golden Age fan... Then I don't you're... know. I wasn't alive in the fucking 40s. But... There are 40s are fans sure? that kept reading through or the, the were, 60s were there and 70s. A, were there a lot, though? I mean, I don't think that there were. I think that that's part of the reason why those transitions worked was because you were truly bringing this to a new group of people because in the 50s, it was not acceptable for a man to keep reading comic books. True. Right. So... So what you're saying is since the average comic book reading age is a lot older now, it's less appropriate to shift these gears because you still have the same fans that still want 
Red Trunks pre-Flashpoint Superman. When you're doing that rebranding for the younger generation, a gigantic chunk of the readership is still people that want to hold on to the original stuff, the original 90s or 80s things. So what's the impetus? What's the impetus for making these changes if they know the fans that are reading now are the fans that were still buying all the books back in 2000? Because you always want to create more fans. Because you want a bigger fan base. And you want to appeal to more people. And you know that even though the people that were buying back in the 80s and 90s are going to complain, they're going to make a podcast and bitch about it. <laughs> and they're going to keep buying those books. Are we such a small part of the pie that, it, that we're inconsequential because we're not buying those books anymore? I don't know. I stopped buying Green Lantern. I feel like, like we're, we're not getting our favorite books anymore because, like, we like, don't, we just don't fucking. This like is it. my theory, but I feel like we're. But what what I th- actually think is we're the biggest part of the pie. That we're the most important fans. That we're the ones that were spending the most money. But maybe I'm wrong. No, you're right. Because we're in our we're we're in our mid thirties. We have good jobs. We have the income to be able to throw away on comic books like. We're the demographic that, like, car companies should want, you know? Like, that, that they're targeting because, oh, now you have the money to get this nice stuff. Right. So why aren't, com- why aren't comic book companies being like, you know what? These are the guys that were into these characters when they look like this. Why aren't we gearing all this stuff to what they're doing? Because most of us are still buying it, even though... You quit buying Green Lantern. Most of us are still reluctantly buying this shit. I could strangle Dominic every time I see him because he keeps buying Green Lantern. And that's so many more dollars in a Rob Venditti's pocket. Rob, keep writing Green Lantern. Dom's still buying it. I stopped buying Spider-Man regularly back in 2008, 2007 after Brand New Day had been mm-hmm. out for a while, I stopped. And it broke my heart because that's my favorite character. I love Peter Parker, but it was unrecognizable as the character that I fell in love with. And I've come back and I've tried a whole bunch. You've got, I've, I've got to believe that there's a, a bunch of fans that feel the same way as I do and they're missing those dollars, but it's clear that I'm wrong. Right. That line of thinking is wrong. There are people out there in the whole rebranding and refocusing and, and pointing it to younger people or minorities, even though, hey, man, I'm old, but, you know, I'm in that other part. It, it clearly, they're clearly not aiming at people like me that hold on to some of that classic stuff. I don't, I don't know. I don't know... Well, I don't think we're ever going to... Marvel, Marvel really isn't. Because Marvel's like, you like Peter Parker? Well, he's globetrotting, billionaire, light-up suit, you know, whatever. But DC is, I guess, trying to cater to some of the older fans because they're like, hey, Convergence happened. All these different universes folded into one another. Right. And now you're going to get a Lois and Clark Superman book where they have a son that's nine years old. That's what you wanted, right? You wanted Superman back when he was married, pre-Flashpoint. No! No, DC, nobody wanted that. 
Nobody wanted Superman with a kid. Nobody even really wanted Superman married. They just wanted that Superman. It's I don't... not that people were clamoring for him to be married. It's that that was the era of character we wanted. Superman at an age that had seen what he had seen up, up to that point. The level of maturity that he had for being through so much. It wasn't that he was married, but that's how but you doesn't describe him being that married, character. Doesn't him being married transport you back to that character and it automatically shifts you back that way? I don't want any of my characters being married. Um, of the Joe Casada school of I think a fucking love triangle is way more exciting than Superman being fucking married. But like, I, I feel like that's it's, it's. I feel like that's what DC has latched onto. That fans are like, we want him to be married again. You don't want him to be married. That's just the era of Superman you want. You don't want this young guy that no one knows how to write because you you want to make him younger, but you pull in different writers and. He's different in Superman, Wonder Woman, then he is in Action Comics, then he is in Justice League, then he is in Superman. He, every writer writes him different because he hasn't been written for so long. No one knows how to come in and write him. As a big, so Superman, nice. as a big Superman fan, what do you want to see? Tell them right now. What do you want to see? What, what version of Superman? Lay it all out. What do you want to see? I want to see the Superman from the... Early 2000s, Kirk Busiek, Carlos Pacheco run, but unmarried. That's what I want. All his powers. All of his powers. Red trunks, cape, bright colors, no color. Martha can All be alive. All of his history. And Jonathan Kent can be dead. That's fine. Yeah, you know what? I'll even go, that's the Superman I want. The Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, when they kill Jonathan Kent and Brainiac attacks, and you finally get to see Brainiac, who Brainiac really is. And they've changed, they've gone back all that since all that and backtracked and rewrote him again. But, like, that's the one. Jonathan Kent dies because he's a hold, and you get to see some passage of time in the universe, and you get to see Clark deal with, you know, his father dying in a very natural way. He doesn't die by the hands of Lex Luthor or Brainiac. He doesn't die by Tornado. I think, yeah, I think he's just old and has a heart attack or something. But, like, that's just the Superman I want. I want the recognizable world. He works at the Daily Plant. He doesn't work for Clark Catopolis, the blog. You know, the blog spot. Jimmy's... Uh, young dummy with a bow tie Perry's busting his ass like these are familiar themes and saying all this stuff makes me I feel old saying all of it like I want the old Superman stuff but that seems to be when Superman really worked now no one knows what the fuck to do with him they're like oh we'll get him together with Wonder Woman that'll be great but even Superman Wonder Woman when they're together even a great writer like Pete Tomasi I'll sing Pete Tomasi's praises all the time. Even he's kind of like, I don't know what to do with Superman. Like, Wonder Woman sounds like Wonder Woman. She sounds like a definitive character, her own person, 
But even Superman from book to book's like... But that's not a problem with the, the relationship. That relationship actually makes sense. It's what you pointed to earlier where everybody else is writing him differently in all these different books. If he would have been the version from Superman Wonder Woman, it would have been okay as long as it's but yeah, you know, and, and throughout the going, DC Universe. And now they've gone even further coming out of Convergence where I guess Bruce Wayne's dead because... Scott Snyder can do whatever he wants with Batman. He's not. Hey, that kid's got a free ticket. Even though he started great and everything's been garbage since, he gets a free ticket. Bruce Wayne's dead. Commissioner Gordon's the big Batman robot with the bunny ears. You know, great stuff going on there. There's a bunch of Supermans, and everyone writes Superman different. But Superman's depowered. Jeff Johns gave him... Oh, fuck Jeff Johns. Come on, man. I love Jeff Johns. I know. But he's like, I'll give him a new power. It's called the Super Flare. He sucks in all the sun energy, and at some point he gets to release it all, but it depowers him. He's human for a week, and then it takes him who knows how long to regain power because that's what fans want. They want a Superman that isn't super-powered because it makes him more relatable. So we use the Sun Flare business... To make him depowered so that fans will like him more. Horrible. Oh, you know what else fans like? They wear jeans and t-shirts. We're going to put him in jeans and t-shirts. And he's not going to be able to fly. And Wonder Woman is going to have to carry him. Because Superman is a pussy. Are you fucking kidding me? And he, I guess his cape got torn up. His fucking super cape that he got wrapped in when he came from Krypton. Something happened to it. It's a fucking ragged mess. And now he wears it around his fists. Like makeshift fucking hand wraps. That's because Are you fucking Superman That's a fights in the UFC. UFC. He is oh. a cage fighter. If you want to give him a new haircut, if you want to give him the buzz cut, give him some five o'clock shadow, fine. Make him fucking Christopher Reeve Bizarro Superman from Superman 3, fine. But the t-shirt business and the fucking, the cape around the hands. He can't fly. He can only jump that's but not even really long distances. I what are you doing? He's I, like the second best long jumper in the world. Like somebody else human is better. I think they're probably working their way toward getting him his powers back. Kind of like Bloodshot right now. So you just got to be a little bit patient. I know that he can't be... Uh, Patience is Paul's strong suit, yeah, right. if you haven't So anyway, Paul, have you read anything out of Post-Convergence that you've liked from DC? Martian Manhunter. Tell us about it. It's written by Rob Williams and drawn by Eddie Barrows. Eddie Barrows drew part of the JMS uh, Superman Grounded storyline, where Superman decided to walk from one end of the United <laughs> States to the other and meet the people and get, his, for, get his hands on the world. At first I thought, world. man, what a fantastic idea. This is really good. And then when you think about it and you, we talk about it, it's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, because he's always saving shit on the earth. He's always in different towns doing shit. He doesn't need to fucking walk it. He's there all the time saving shit. He knows what's up. He's taking it all in. It's a nice leisurely walk but across I, America. I hated Eddie Barrow's artwork. And then that fucking run. It was just... It, I didn't like it. Unhappy. Not, no. Unhappy. So, it took me the entire Martian Manhunter issue 
And then I got to like the last title page, and I was, and then it said, "Oh, artwork Eddie Barrows," and I almost fell out of my fucking chair because I really liked it. And I feel like Eddie Barrows stepped up his game. He changed his style a little bit. And on top of that, Rob Williams seems to borrow a little bit of the Martian Manhunter from the animated series, which to me is definitive Martian Manhunter because it's a more likable version than the Grant Morrison JLA version where he's he's Look at those tiny legs. Martian Manhunter's unassuming. He just, you know, kind of hangs out in the background. He acts when he needs to act. He's, you know, not in the front. Very unassuming character. And you get a little more of that from this version. But when DC kicked off the new 52, Martian Manhunter was aggressive. And he was leading Stormwatch. And he had been kicked out of the Justice League because he was too extreme. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing with this guy? But, like, this Martian Manhunter seems to be real soft-spoken and a lot more like the John Jones that Carl Lumley voiced in the animated series. And do I wish that the main bad guy was someone other than the White Martians? Because that's the only bad guy they can ever write for Martian Manhunter? Yeah, I do. But Rob Williams is doing it okay. So far, two issues in. It's it's pretty interesting. There's a couple different characters, like really unique characters, like Mr. Biscuits, who's this weird. That's a awesome name. Yeah, right. The name alone, he's this weird green, like really, like long limbed alien, and he's befriended these neighborhood kids, and like he knows, like he has some sixth sense that he needs to find Martian Manhunter because the White Martians have enacted this plan. And they've started to put things into motion, but only Mr. Biscuits and Martian Manhunter really know that's what's happening. Why is he Mr. Biscuits? Does he have biscuits? Like Martian Manhunter's love for Oreos. I guess the kids bring, bring him biscuits, biscuits from a local like, bakery, oh. and he's into biscuits. So the kids call him Mr. Biscuits. Who knows what his real name is? And it's so it's so bizarre, but it works so well in this story and I wasn't even going to buy this book when all the solicits came out for what DC was doing post-convergence I was it was all Prez and Starfire and Bizarro and oh all these books that are drawn by women and they've got women leads and it's you know we've got Black Canary and a rock band and it's Alex Maleev artwork and it's all gritty and it's like Batgirl and blah 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 it's not like that. I read that oh, today. It's, so it's it's like David Aja. Yes. The Black Canary is DC's answer to Hawkeye. Right. Which, Hawkeye was super cool whenever it happened. And this is fun, but I still feel like, oh, that's what we're doing. We're doing Hawkeye. So DC's pushing all this... DC is pushing all the new... New diverse books. But they didn't say shit about Martian Manhunter. So I go to the shop, I see it, and of course they weren't pushing it because it's a classic character written like a classic character with classic comic book artwork. It's your basic comic book. So of course they're not going to push it because it's not new, intense artwork. It's not new, diverse writers. It's not a female character. So they're not going to put that right out front. And it was a real pleasant surprise. I really, I really like it. Prez was really good too. 
I still haven't read it. Canceled. Uh, is it? Is that official? I th- isn't that what you were telling me the other That's time? What I was saying. I, I haven't read, I read anything they, about they, this. So it was indicated that it might likely be canceled. I don't know how they do that after one issue. Am I the only one that bought it? Is that why? I bought it. I haven't read it. From what I understand, the current landscape of comic books is all about the pre-orders. Doesn't matter if you actually buy it whenever it's on the newsstand or if you download it. It's if you at the comic book shop put it in your pool list. Well that's on DC for not promoting this book properly. Paul, is there anything else besides Prez that you're enjoying from DC? I'm gonna talk about Prez. Oh go for it. For a second. Yeah go. Because it was a good book. It mm-hmm. was a good issue. But all the solicits for it were like, hey teenage female president if you like fun teenage girl stuff, you're going to love Prez. Radical! But then a couple weeks before it comes out, you see the writer, whose name I forget, but Ben Caldwell's the artist. They're coming out, and they're, all of a sudden they're talking about this book, and they're like, hey, it's not really about a teenage president. It's a satire about political and pop culture, you know, society in America. It's not a very bright book it's kind of a dark like animal farm kind of thing and i'm like oh well this isn't at all what dc showed us before so i was like all right i'll check it out and i bought it and it was really fucking cool it was there's a lot of funny shit going on in it but if you buy it expecting to find a cutesy story about a teenage female president that's not where you're gonna get so i think dc bought this if, if it's getting canceled already, DC bought this from the beginning, and that's why it didn't get as, enough pre-orders. The cutesy female teenage president angle doesn't do anything for me, but whenever I heard your review as well as read a review online about what it was really about, it kind of sucked me in, and I thought to myself, wow, this really should have been an image book because it would have had legs and been able to... Been, it would have been able to be promoted properly and would have had the correct audience because it sounds like something I would like but the way that DC presented it I was like that sounds really dumb what really sold me on this book was an interview with the writer when he was talking about uh, a running gag in the book and it was like it was a game show in the world called I think it was called Bang Bang Millionaire where celebrities like z-list celebrities or anyone can join up they go through this this obstacle course but the last event to get the money is you need to shoot yourself somewhere that's not the hand or the foot to get the money and i was like that's fucked up it's fucked up i'm reading that book but i could totally see that happening like i i could i would watch bang bang celebrity and the way it's portrayed the way ben caldwell draws it ben caldwell's art was fantastic but if if it's getting i haven't seen anything about it getting canceled yet but if it is that's a bummer because this book barely got off the ground i think that does dc still i mean maybe i'm ignorant does dc still have vertigo yeah. Shouldn't that have been a Vertigo book? Sounds like it. It does sound like it, because it doesn't take place in the DC universe. The art, but, neither all does, the- but neither does Bizarro or Superman, Lois, and Clark, the book where they bring him back with the sun. Right, but Prez is so far detached from yeah. DC yeah. proper 
that I, I think that it would be best served. And it feels like all the books that would have went to Vertigo are now all being funneled over to Image. All the interesting stories, all the edgy kind of things, all the different stuff. They're no longer at Vertigo. It's now at Image. It, it, it feels like DC had... DC was, you know, they they got Prez and they were like, fuck yeah, we're doing this. We don't give a shit, you know, it's crazy book, different art, different plot, no one's doing anything like this. And then they got so far into the solicits, and then they got cold feet. And then they're like, let's just push the Harley Quinn book. Let's just, you know, push the Firestorm book. Shit, super safe. Or it's not safe. Firestorm, uh, Starfire. And now they're doing a Telos book, who's a character that was introduced in Convergence. And part of me feels like Jeff King, the guy that wrote Convergence, had a contract with DC, and they are and part of the contract was another series. So they just he just needs to write six other in, in issues of something, anything. So they're putting out this Telos book. But Convergence was garbage. The character Telos was garbage. No one can be asking for this book. But they're doing it. Along with, I guess, some makeshift um, book about the Teen Titans and the secret history of the Teen Titans. Because when the New 52 launched, there was there were hints that Dick Grayson and Starfire and Cyborg were the Teen Titans. But they weren't. By the time you get to them, it's Wonder Girl and Superboy and Bunker and all these other shitty-ass Scott Lobdell creations. So now I guess they're trying to go back and rectify all this, but who the fuck cares? Who who's asking? Who's asking for this book? DC still is doing some things right. They have the um, the Earth Earth One books. I just got the Jeff Johns, yeah. Gary Frank, Batman Second Edition that I haven't read yet, but I'm super excited to check that out. They're still doing some classic things that are holding on to some semblance of the heroes that we know and love, but just not in any of the proper titles. Well, the Justice League is a proper title, and it has nothing to do with the current continuity. Current continuity, Superman's depowered. Wonder Woman has the black leotard under everything else. Batman's dead. You're saying JLA? Justice League or JLA? Justice League. Okay. Jeff Johns, Justice League. Okay. JLA is similar to that where it's based in another out of continuity. Right. And that was good. I read that. Yeah. That was really good. Brian Hitch wrote and uh, right. drew it. Hitch's JLA is good. And Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok's Justice League are both really good. But they're both outside current continuity. They both take place in... New 52 era, but it's, you know, Hitch's JLA is like Tales of the Dark Knight. It's just random stories of what the Justice League was doing during that time. And so far, it's been really good because you get the real Justice League plus Cyborg. You get to see Aquaman, Flash, and Green Lantern, and Wonder Woman, the real characters. And it's same with, sort of the same with John's Justice League, except Captain Cold and... Lex Luthor are involved, but he writes so well that like it all makes sense and it all feels so natural and it's really good. Do you feel that we're ever going to get back to a place where the entire universe is the way that we we want it or or <laughs> something that we can deal with? I feel like we can't deal with 
Marvel and DC anymore. Like, I, I feel like one thing DC has going for them is that they're making a concerted effort to be, to be diverse and bring in different creators and try new writers. Some new writers, because I read some article the other day where they're, they made some big, big announcement. They're like, we're going to have some great writers doing some new, fresh stuff. John Ostrander and George Perez and Neil Adams. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? These guys are going to draw, f- they're going to write fresh stuff. These guys have been dead for 10 That's like, years. And also, we created the time machine. So, like, you know, they brought, you know, yeah, Jeff King may write garbage comics, but he's a new name. They brought Gene Liu and Yang in on Superman. He's doing different stuff. They brought in a whole slew of new artists. They're trying different art styles and storytelling styles with stuff like Black Canary, even though I don't really agree with it. So like it's fun. I just wish it wasn't Black Canary. They've made it a concern. Like the Doctor Fate book, which is like super different art, different writer. I read that. Did you like it? It was okay. That's a. It's a, a Middle Eastern character now, which makes sense. But like, so they're trying Egyptian, different stuff. I believe. They're making a concerted effort to to be diverse and try different things, and they're not necessarily just. Diverse with their creators as opposed to solely focused on their characters. Right, because, you know, they'll... They're Marvel's like, just like, hey, it's the same writers, but this guy's black now. We gotta yeah, check. Yeah, it's like Marvel's, Marvel's just, like, flipping characters around. But DC's like, hey, we've had Black Canary for a long time. We're gonna put her to the front. Cyborg's diverse character. We're gonna put him to the front. But Marvel's like, oh, fuck, what are we gonna do? Make Peter Parker black. Oh, make Thor, make Thor one. Oh, make Captain Marvel Middle Eastern. Like, you have other characters. You have diverse characters. Where the fuck is Misty Knight in all this Marvel? She's a legitimate original black character. Or like, use her. Where like, the fuck has been Luke Cage? Or what's up shit? with Storm? Like, people love fucking Storm, but we don't do anything with her. Well, and and again, she that gets plays into all the X Men team. Yeah, and that I mean, she's such a powerful, strong character that people love all by herself. Well, they she, could build something out of it. She had her own title, but I don't know what happened to it. Like, try to do something with that. Why not? More Luke Cage. And that that's part of the problem I have with both companies, gender and race swapping characters. I'm like, you have a whole stable of legitimate characters that you can use and push. Just... Like, use those. Yeah. Do I want Cyborg to be part of the Justice League? No. Because I think he's dumb. Not because he's black. Don't worry. He's getting his own title. But, like, they I just want... He is. Today. Drawn by the great Ivan Reyes. Well, there you go. But, like, I want Martian Manhunter. And when Martian Manhunter becomes a human, he's black to me. So, just have him do that. When Martian Manhunter becomes a human... And the important thing about Cyborg is that he was an original character created like this. Take those characters or create new ones. But we're so afraid to create new characters that we don't do anything with them. Because they wouldn't do well. The only characters that that people seem to care about are the established characters. Marvel hasn't been able to create a new character in 20 years. DC hasn't created a new character in... A while. Well, they have, they have. They created one, one, a shit ton of new characters. Ones that have hit. New 52. Let's, who no was the last DC character? The last Marvel character that has been a big hit, we're going to say is Deadpool. Right. 
And that was in 1992. It's Miles Morales. No, 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 no. That was in the 80s. Deadpool? Mm-hmm. 1988, 89. Okay. You're, pro- you're probably right, because New Mutants, 88 or whatever. 1991. First appearance in New Mutants. You were closer. But I think... I but think Miles went over, we'll split the, the price is right, then... Miles Morales is probably... But he doesn't count because he's Spider-Man. You know right. what I mean? He, like, okay. you see what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah, fresh okay. originals. Right. Marvel just keep, Like you said, they keep taking... Existing characters and just changing the race. Making them all new and all different, but, you know, not. Right. It's like, would anybody give a shit about the female Thor if she wasn't called Thor? No. no. Well, it's... And they know that. It's Jane Jane Foster. I don't care. Okay, so call it Jane Foster. Who's buying that fucking comic book? Nobody. Exactly. But what, what are you going to do? You're just going to give her some... Magic powers someday. That how about this? She's about like just fucking. Well, it's, no, no, no. it's the Tony Stark story. If she doesn't have the power of Thor, she dies of cancer. So she has to be Thor. Or she can die of cancer, and Thor can just be Thor, and we can read that. Or we could, <laughs> or we can introduce a secondary character that is intriguing, that people want to get behind, that we have properly fleshed out, so that people want to read more about it. I mean, I, I almost don't even want to count Venom and Carnage as because new characters because they're Spider-Man. Right. Um, trying to think of a DC hero, Lobo? That's 80s-ish? Other than that, where are we going with DC characters that are new and fresh and exciting? Talon? Maybe? No. Really popular though. I mean, he doesn't have his own book. They tried to give him his own book. It didn't last very long. You know what? Harley Who Quinn. The fuck Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. But that's 1992, or somewhere yeah, around. Yeah, but there. isn't. They introduced her in the comics. The female Joker. No, no. I think she's a legit new character. She is a legit new character. She's different enough from the Joker to not be. She can stand. She can stand on her own as like. And as her own character with multiple books, you know? Without the becoming the question business, what about fucking Renee Montoya? Why aren't we highlighting Renee Montoya in a book? Yeah. People want grim, gritty, daredevil type stuff. Make it a fucking Renee Montoya book. What happened to Manhunter? I don't know what did happen to Manhunter. Is that a new character, or was that a rehashed character from the it's 70s? An, it's an old 70s John Ostrander Kenner character, but still, it's an individual character mm-hmm. that is I by herself. Point. Marvel, Deathlock, we tried. De- uh, 70s, I think. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, Jesus. I was thinking, I was thinking 90s because I always lump him... Dark Hawk and Sleepwalker in yeah. the same like block of Was Sleepwalker a nineties character or did he exist? He might prior? he might have existed prior Dark but I was, was new. I always think of them as the same block of characters that were sort of like C list that I still that I still kinda read. Yeah. Like and they they weren't they weren't the X Men, they weren't Spider Man, but I still read them because they were right. They're kind of fun. Well, even like with DC right now, where where's Zatanna in a book? She's not. Seriously, who doesn't love Zatanna? 
I especially like her at comic book conventions. <laughs> you son of a just... bitch. So, uh, is there... it too sex? It's too sexist to love Zatanna because we men but she's love a her powerful too much. Female character. But we like her too much. The the DC books that I do like right now would be I enjoyed the first issue of the current Justice League run, where. Um, Oh, geez. What's that character's name, Paul? Help me out here. Um, Pandora? No. The guy. Um, yellow suit, yellow and green. Is he a good guy? Or yeah, he's a good guy. He's a bad guy. Um, Mr. Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle. He's kind of like the main character right now in that book, or oh. at least he was in that first issue. You're talking about the New, new Gods. The, the New Gods Dark Side War storyline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really cool. I enjoyed that, and the art was amazing. Oh, Jason Fabok. I have to get up. that. Jason Fabok is the new up-and-coming artist in the industry. He's the guy. Hey, you guys are hyping that. I'm gonna have to get that right now. It was cool. It was really cool. It's Didn't really read number good. 42. Only read number 41, but I will read 42. And Paul, I also know that you have been enjoying JLA by Brian Hitch. So. The, the nice thing about DC, at least, is they're putting some good stuff out, just not all good stuff. Sadly, our favorite characters, Superman, Green Lantern, Batman, are all kind of in the toilet right now. Marvel, on the other hand, is just a shit show top to bottom. And now, with these solicits that we've seen, it's not going to be getting any better. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. It's circling the drain. It's that floating piece of shit that you diary it in the toilet that is literally circling the drain. Two if by C. <laughs> but that's what two if by number two by Marvel. It's a shit show. So the bottom line for tonight's episode is Marvel and DC have a lot of work to do to get back in our good graces. But Chapter House Comics, <laughs> Image, Valiant, Dark Horse even, because Archie they comics. still put out an amazing BPRD book. And the they released the Hellboy solo single-issue book I'm going to get it in the trades, where it's it's essentially tales of Hellboy, where it's, you know, stories from him in the, you know, 40s and 50s as he's growing up, becoming Hellboy. Um, like, those are those are still the good book. Coffin Hill, I really like. Vertigo, Vertigo. book. The Strain. Oh, Dark Horse Astro Comics. City. Astro City is more good stuff from DC, but that's Vertigo. So, there's a lot of stuff out there, but it's not from... It's not from the publishers we really want it to be from. There is straight up nothing that I care about from Marvel right now. I'm intrigued with a couple of their new solicitations. I only get the Star Wars books. Yeah, right. And that doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Even those aren't that good. Mm. Those are kind of shitty. They're, they're telling <laughs> us. They're constantly telling us. Oh, Ian, I wish that face picked up on radio. They're constantly telling us, this is continuity now, guys. Oh, really? So Luke fought Darth Vader before the Empire Strikes Back. Oh, really? That's not Boba even Fett the... Fought, fought Luke uh, before um, Cloud City. Oh, and by the way, Luke kicked his ass while he was blind before he was trained as a Jedi. Boba Fett 
There's something going on wacky with his cloning head. He's he's straight up a retard. Boba Fett got the Falcon vs. Ant-Man treatment by blind Luke yeah. Skywalker. I'm like, you can't beat anybody. <laughs> Fucking Sarlacc, eat this dipshit. Yeah, yeah. It makes his death a lot, like, more like, oh, yeah, okay, I see Oh, that, that totally would happen. Fucking oh, asshole. that's right. He slipped on that banana peel. <laughs> <laughs> this asshole has gotten by on reputation alone for 30 years. I want to see the Boba Fett mo- movie now where he just fakes it, fakes it until he makes it. Just other bounty hunters yeah, come and in. It's a comedy, and Boba Fett's played by Seth Rogen. <laughs> other bounty hunters come in and save the day, and he's just like, I don't know. Like, what the fuck? You stink, Boba Fett. Danny McBride's like, what the fuck, man? It's a, it's Boba Fett as Danny Seth Rogen. Danny McBride is G- Dengar. <laughs> IG88 is James Franco. Go. Yeah, the Star Wars books haven't been all that great, but that's what that's what you're gonna get when you want to make stories about the big three that aren't in the movies. Like nothing, and I I fight for but it all Dark the time. Horse didn't you do it like, like that you're, either. You're, you're both like you're a dummy. There's plenty of stories you can tell between a new open and Empire Strikes Back. No, that should be downtime. That should be downtime yeah. because we saw the important. You can, shit. you just can't tell blind Luke beating up Boba Fett. That's all. You can't tell I mean, that story. You there can are tell stories. stories, but but I would prefer you didn't because yeah, it probably should be downtime because it can't be go 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 all the time. Like you're taking characters that exist like in the movie world. Now you're trying to like throw comic book timelines and continuity to things. Do what Brian Wood did and explore the emotional depth of what happened. But that, That's that was only, that was only good for a couple issues when he committed to that because eventually he was like, now we've got to get Princess Leia married on a new planet that we're trying to be the new base, and now the royals of that planet are against the rebels, and now it's all action again. But the couple because issues, his, his bosses came in and were like, "Yeah, Brian, we got bought out. So wrap this thing." Right. Up. So so don't even bother making a comic unless you're going to commit to making it Princess Leia flying an X-wing by herself. I thinking about all that she's lost over the course of A New Hope. Unless it's going to be some Han, Luke, and Leia trapped in a base together, dealing with all their emotional shit. And maybe some fornication. I don't know, man. I think I think overall Dark Horse has I mean, granted, it's early yet, but man, Marvel's going ape shit pumping out Star Wars comics. But the Dark Horse stuff is just better. Well, Did just anybody better. read Lando? Yes. Not yet. Okay. Well, why don't we do this as an assignment? I will read the Valiant, you will read Lando, and we'll reconvene say next Monday around this time there's Star Wars stories you can tell you can tell the adventures of Boba Fett because it has no bearing on the the stories you can tell some Lando stories because it has no real bearing on the story you could even tell some Darth Vader shit if you want not the wacky shit where he's he has his own R2 and 3PO who are homicidal murderers that's that's fucking crazy I'm, I'm in that's fun it's canon it's canon I don't give a shit. Whatever. But you gotta stay away from Han, Luke, and Leia. It's it never works. I don't give. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Stephen King. You can't write a good story between the movies. Who's writing characters. Darth Vader? Jason Aaron. No. No. Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan. Aaron's doing the main book. 
Karen Gillan. Kieran Gillan. Kieran Gillan, Jason Aaron. Should those guys really, like, be... Hey, they're the new architects, motherfucker. Should they really be as responsible for the Star Wars mythos as, like, George Lucas? They shouldn't, but don't blame that on them. Blame that on the Star Wars hire, like, Kathleen Kennedy. That's her fault. Ever since that was announced, that that everything was going to be continuity, it was going to all be canon, I was the first one to say, I don't know if that's a good idea. Both those guys are great writers. You can't blame them for it. Well, I can blame them for, like, stupid shit that they write. I mean, they gotta make it fucking interesting. They gotta do something. Look, Dark Horse didn't pull shit like that when, um, like, blind Luke beating Boba Fett. Untrained blind Luke beating Boba Fett. That's bad. That That's probably stupid. the worst thing. Homicidal C-3PO and R2-D2. Yeah. Fun times. Uh, it's not, though. It's just bad. I keep I keep trying. I I keep wanting it to be fun times. But if you're gonna make it canon, like you need to look everything through the lens of would this happen in one of those movies that Darth Vader would have a droid that looks like C three PO that fucking wets itself getting ready to torture a human. I know. No 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 no. I know that they're. I know that they're. See, that's the thing. I know they're telling us all that, but we're comic book fans. That's how we we dice up what we care about all the time. And that's the approach I'm taking with this. I don't care that they're telling me it's canon. I don't care. I'm cutting it out. The movies are the only thing that count totally, in that way. Totally yeah. right. And that's how we're all taking it anyway. So why are we getting that upset but, about but if Murder Droid? Who gives a fuck? But if you're going to say it's canon, at least try to make it feel like right, it's canon. Right, then, then we shouldn't have to rationalize around that. If someone's saying it can, it's canon, then it should be handled with the gloves that it should be handled with. Not, we're going to make this shit wacky. It doesn't matter because we're not going to take it in the same vein as the movies anyway. It so doesn't. I'm not wrapped up in that. But Ian, if they treated it with the care that they should, being that they have established that it is canon, we would be getting better stories. Would we, we be getting better stories? Or Fuck would we yeah, be getting, man. We would be getting more boring stories, no, I think. Uh, because why? They'd be closer in tone to the movies? No, I think that they there would be less happening, that's all. I think that they're trying to make their own stake. And like, hey, so I did something. So you're against... Things not happening. I thought you I'm said not, earlier you no, I'm not interested no, in I, a book where Luke's just being introspective about all the shit that he's that's lost. I, well, I'm not saying I'm against things happening. I'm just saying that in these Marvel books, they would probably be writing if they were like, "Oh, we got to worry about it all syncing up." Instead of writing entertaining stories, then we're going to just put some things into this book to be entertaining See, for entertainment's sake. I think. It could be written that Luke can break away from the fleet after A New Hope and go back to Tatooine, have a very introspective six-issue story, and still have some shit happen down on the planet that has no bearing on the start of The Empire Strikes Back or anything going forward. I think that that's not what they're doing. I think that could happen, too. In the first fucking so many issues of these books what Luke I'm fights saying, Darth Vader and he fights Boba Fett are you fucking kidding me Marvel yeah, I didn't Come like on. I didn't like that either I'm not saying that I love this I'm saying what I'm saying is this doesn't upset me in the way that it's upsetting you two because I I know you hate Star Wars I clearly do no. <laughs> who here has I, a Star Wars tattoo 
Me. Ian. <laughs> um, I am not letting Lucasfilm dictate how I feel about Star Wars. You two might be, but I'm a brave man that makes his own decisions. I'm just saying, it doesn't fucking matter. We're only taking the movies as canon anyway. We are. We don't take the cartoon as canon. We don't take the comic books as canon. So why are we, we taking... We don't take the prequels as canon. Oh. Hey. I didn't say that. I didn't say that, Matt. Don't jump over the table at me. Hey. Jump at him. No, but here's the thing. But I'm just saying, like, uh, dude, is it okay? I, I we hear okay? what you're saying. You're right. We, we treat... Well, we treat the films. I think all six films as canon. Uh, and that's it. Yeah. Truly, truly. But the the cartoon show, while it is a cartoon show, is is done well enough, and and it feels like with the care that that I would want for the, me to even like consider it working within the context of the the movie universe. The comic books have zero place whatsoever, and and if they were treated like they do belong, I would be way more into it. Do you like, feel like Jason Aaron and Kieran Gillen? Hate Star Wars and they're just shitting on it. No, I don't and they're think not they hate taking it. I, care at this, at, with this product. I, no, no, I do not feel that. Marvel editorial is also like you need to punch this up. You need, we need to make fat. this. We need to make this exciting. Why don't we get some of this other stuff in here? Probably. And there's stuff in Rebels that's fucking goofy, like Sabine and all her. Right. All her. Jumping around how, all over. How the place. many murders did we count in that first pilot? Right. I'm yeah. fine with the murders. I mean, our heroes commit murders in the films. Of the, of the three Star Wars books Marvel released, Leia, Star Wars, and Vader, Princess Leia was probably the most easily folded into the main Star Wars mythology as any of the other books because nothing happens in it. That's also why you guys flamed out and didn't finish reading it. Because it was unentertaining. It was. And me and Matt and the will not slavishly buy right. things that don't entertain but us. As I weird, buy it. As weird as Darth Vader. You just didn't read it? Well, you're, I, worse, you're even worse than... I read the first two and didn't finish reading. As weird as Darth Vader's murder Maybe droids are, they're wacky. But the rest of the book is pretty fucking good. So you can push you know, the weird kill droids aside and, you know believe in the rest of it but star wars star wars is nuts. star wars is darth vader is good leia is bad star wars is just fucking crazy i've been most entertained by star wars really out of the three i have been but i still shake my head when i read it i'm just like stupid but star wars is stupid like i don't like it very much i like darth vader i read that i enjoy it Murder droids, I agree. Crazy, wouldn't see him on film. But I'm still kind of in. Like he, the voice of Darth Vader is true. The voice of the Emperor and the events that happen, like all that stuff, yeah, feels. Has right. anyone read Kanan? I haven't read it. I read no. The only other to. book I read. That's was probably the best Lando. one, but I haven't yeah. read it. <laughs> Lando though looks really good, and I'm looking forward to reading it. I can't wait until you guys read Lando. I already read Lando. I, I know need to talk about to it. someone about it. We can't talk about it when he's here. And Dom didn't read it either, so I haven't been able to talk to anyone about it yet. I mean, okay. So, when we started this podcast, a couple weeks ago, we said we're going to have a big 
oversized issue and a huge annual for all the post Secret Wars convergence goings on in comics. And before the episode tonight, we were like, eh, maybe we won't do a long one. Well, this yeah, certainly got away one. from us. Yeah, it's a long one. But we had a lot to talk about. We had a lot of grievances to air. We're negative people. We need to get that out of our system and spread it on to you, the podcast listener. How nice of us. Thanks for being our negative receptacle. Which is a toilet. Two of by C. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. And I'm Matt Casal. See you next time. did I teach you? You are Duke of New York. You're uh, a number one. I can't hear you. You you are the Duke of New York. You're a number one.